to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hello and welcome to the first podcast episode of 2023. I have two wonderful guests, uh, they are both Reiki colleagues and mother and daughter, Colleen and Robin Benelli. I'm super excited to have them. Colleen is a senior professional licensed Reiki master teacher for the International Center for Reiki Training and a contributing author for Reiki News Magazine since 2005. She's also an associate teacher of the Lyson School of Shamanic Studies and has created the Reiki program for the school. Colleen is also a full-time Reiki practitioner and blends her Reiki and shamanic healing techniques in her Reiki sessions. Robin Benelli is an Usui Holy Fire Tree Reiki master and practitioner and teacher, co-author and teacher of the ICRT Animal Reiki Training, and is also an animal communicator. She's a professional member of the Reiki Membership Association and a contributing author for Reiki News Magazine. Robin has been a Reiki master for over 15 years and has used Reiki in the different stages of her life, from a teenager, college student, professional, business owner, and mother. So welcome, welcome, Colleen and Robin, uh, to today's episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. You had me on your podcast and I had a great time, so I'm really excited to have you. And I would love to start the way I start every podcast for the Dive Into Reiki podcast. And it's like the first time you came into contact with Reiki. And Well, the first time I actually came in contact with Reiki would have been through my shamanic training. I started my shamanic training in 1997 with Jan Ingle Smith and the Light Song School of Shamanic Studies. And she always had Reiki in her sessions, the soul retrieval that I had the first time. She always brought, brought Reiki into it. But I wouldn't say that I understood it as a unique modality until the next contact was actually with Robin. She was a teenager, she played sports, she had injured her knee, and Jan recommended that she have Reiki sessions. So that was the first time I was aware of it. So then I had a Reiki session. Still kind of not dialing in with it. Also because at the time I really was still very much in my shamanic training. Um, at the time, I, I grew up in San Diego, California, and ended up moving to Oregon. I've had horses all of my life. When we moved to Oregon, we bought a, a little 30-acre farm with the kids and horses, and Robin had horses. And, and um, I found my lifetime dream horse. And this horse was just like, I, I looked him in the eye, and it was like, there you are. And the same with him back. We just had an immediate bond. Well, he was only three years old. So I was learning how to train him. Robin was riding in 4-H and, you know, we kind of, a lot of our world was with the horses. Well, he turned five years old and he ended up with a leg injury that caused him be, to be completely lame and unrideable. So I went through all of the Western diagnostics, treatments, the shamanic work I was doing. And it really, you know, was looking like it would be a permanent lang uh, lameness, which was a really big shift in what I was doing with my life at the time. And, you know, with us as a family. 
And so anyway, one day I was just, you know, I was just talking to him and I asked him what happened. And he said that he went lame to deliver me to my power to heal. And he showed me having hands on him like this. And so I I heard it again. I went lame to deliver you to your power to heal. And I knew by what he was showing me that he was talking about Reiki. Again, I was in shamanic work. And, you know, so I knew enough about it, but not really a lot. And I knew that he was talking about Reiki. Well, what I know now that I didn't know then is that I really had a um, kind of a resistance to Reiki and I didn't believe in it. But I still, again, you know how it's like you can kind of hear it, but you're not dialed in or connected to it. So about eight months later in my place, I, I was a fiber artist at the time and I had a woman come into my business and she said that she had a message for me from my horse that she was a psychic and asked if I wanted to hear it. Of course I did. And she said, well, my horse, your horse told me to tell you that he has been telling you to do something and you haven't done it. And you need to do what he's telling you because life is coming and you're going to need it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really powerful. Still gives me chills. It's still, it was so, you know, you have those turning points in your life that are like, I know exactly where I was, exactly how I felt. And I knew what she meant. So I immediately received my Reiki attunements. This was in 2000. And, you know, when I say it was instant, I don't know if that was a day or right then or two weeks, but very quickly, I knew I had found what I had been looking for really my whole life. I was always spiritual. I always had an expanded kind of version of reality in comparison to some of my friends. And I always talked to animals. I always thought of trees as being, you know, something that I could be connected with. The same with, you know, nature in itself. So I just was always looking for that in a spiritual way. I don't think I knew at the time that it was about my personal healing as well. I I would have to say that it was really more spiritual seeking. Like, how do I find what I'm looking for? So that began the journey with Reiki. I continued in my shamanic training and still involved in the Light Song School. And it was so immediately this amazing connection with myself that I just knew I had to know more. And I kept trying to, you know, find new ways of practicing, understanding. I was kind of born again Reiki. I was chasing everybody around with my hands, like, let me give you Reiki and I can give you Reiki. And Robin was a teenager at the time. And she's like, <laughs> mom, sit on your hands, you know, because I was chase her friends around with Reiki, the whole thing. So anyway, at the time, I learned a very strict tradition of Reiki. At the time, through the history of Reiki that I had learned, everything was about doing Reiki the exact one right way and don't do it the wrong way. And intuitively, there was something always like 
something's some there's more there's something else i need to know something else so that's when i just started to seek more training for reiki i went to england in 2003 and stu- you know went and studied with william rand there at stonehenge with both um i repeated reiki master and then corona reiki master and one of the things that really happened with the classes with him was he had kind of the beginnings of the evidence-based history of Reiki, that there was actually written documentation of the history of Reiki rather than the oral history of Reiki. And through that, the teachings of Yusui Sensei back in the days that he was practicing Reiki and the intuitive spiritual style of Reiki he was teaching, that he went up on Mount Karama to receive the ability to be in Anshinditsume, the enlightened state of perfect peace. And it shifted everything for me because it moved the system of Reiki, the the Reiki energy was the same, but the way we practiced and the system of Reiki shifted to the point where it wasn't so much about do it exactly this way. It included intuition. It included the ability to connect in, actually connect with the the Reiki energy, observe the Reiki energy. And if I wanted to do a different hand position than exactly this, I could, you know, because the way I was originally taught, it's like you you want to open your fingers, you can. I can. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that just led me, um, it opened the system of Reiki for me because it, it, it brought in the intuitive practice of it, which was more my nature. I absolutely appreciate the standardized hand positions that Mrs. Takata taught because it allows everybody to use Reiki and practice Reiki without having to worry about having intuition. And she opened it by innovating those hand positions. She absolutely opened it to everybody that they could all learn Reiki. The difference was that the way I was originally trained, it was like that was the only one right way. So when that shifted for me, and not just the hand positions, but so much more, I just, it it was like, this is it. And that's when I went and studied with the, um, the licensed teacher training program that William Rand started for the ICRT, became a licensed teacher and really went down that path of teaching Reiki, practicing Reiki, and all of those things. And in the meantime, Robin will tell you her story, but Reiki became very much a part of our family. Um, My husband received his Reiki master attunements and continues to work with it and shamanic training as well, and Robin and my son and grandkids and everything. So I've been really fortunate that way. Um, So I'll let you, I'll let her tell your her story. Um, but all of that was in the mix. And, you know, really kind of brings us to today. Still just so passionate about Reiki. But also, as you know, there's a compelling aspect to it. Like it is just compelling every day. 
I, I love your passion. And before Robin, I'm going to give it to you in a second, but there are two things I want to highlight. First one, I want to be adopted by your family and be part of that whole family who practices every day, everyone. And the second thing, it's in a more serious tone. There are two things you highlight that I think is very important. A connection, right? The value of connection, of connecting with everything Reiki. And the thing is like, no one really owns the Reiki truth, right? Like, there is. I remember when I went to university, there was this philosopher, he was Italian, he passed away, but he, I don't know who he quoted, but he said, he who thinks he owns the truth is the first person who's wrong, right? So obviously that doesn't mean we're going to practice like sloppily or do any insane thing, but there is the truth of, we don't know the truth, right? Unless we're enlightened and we haven't been there yet. Hopefully we will be one day or one lifetime. But I think it's very important when you say, you know, no one really owns the Reiki truth right now. You know, it's we discovered that through to practice every day and it changes every day for each of us in a beautiful way. And with that, sorry, Robin, but it, it was just such a beautiful introduction of your contact with Reiki that I had to you got me all excited. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that, that we each have our own truth and our own ways to get to it as well and discovering it. And I think the most important thing about any of it is that it is just what helps us to connect to our own inner truth in the deepest ways, what what resonates with each of us and, you know, what leads us each to connect to the bigger spiritual aspects, whatever that means to each person. And then also all of the ways that we can express like the Reiki ideals, like, you know, being kind to others, being compassionate to others, living in our truth, um, you know, in the best that we can, not angry, not worrying, all of those types of things. And, you know, I mean, I think even like we're different lineages and there's so many different lineages and the ways that people practice it all over the world. And that's beautiful because really the truth of it is the divine love, the, the energy and how we all connect to that is going to just be different for each of us. And that's, that is so beautiful. Like you said. So how did you go from running away from your mom? <laughs> By the way, born, <laughs> about, story. born again, Reiki, I'm still in the line from you big time. So you went yes. away from running to now being also, you know, practicing for over 15 years, which is a long time in our Reiki community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, <laughs> I also was attuned when I was a teenager. So it is. Um, my mom was very enthusiastic. And as a teenager, <laughs> you're like, oh, gosh, mom, you know. Um, so so I was attuned to to Reiki. And um, I, I've been actually attuned to Reiki longer now than I haven't been attuned to Reiki. It's been it's been that long and grew up in those ways. I grew up, you know, in in shaman, shaman, shamanism. We grew up in Reiki. Um, but I will say that after, you know, going, leaving the house and going to college, I kind of veered away from it a little bit. So I was attuned when I was a teenager. I was, um, I took my Reiki master at some point when I was in college, cause I did it. I, I went to college down in San Diego, California. Um, and I took the Reiki master from my mom at that point, she was teaching down there. Um, so that was probably my early 20s. So I've been been a Reiki master now for a long time. And there was always these points there where even though I veered away from it a little bit, 
I, you know, I would call my mom like, Hey, I have this final, I need Reiki or, Hey, I've got this going on in my life. I need Reiki. And, Oh, I'll give myself Reiki or the different ways. You know, there'd be a few times where my friends down there might've been into things like that. I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm a Reiki, you know, Reiki practitioner, Reiki master. Um, and then obviously like I was called to it enough to like take a class when she was down there, that kind of thing. But I really, in the, in that time, I had this kind of culturally created belief that I was somebody kind of different than who I actually really was, that I wanted to be this corporate, you know, on climb the corporate ladder, or be the CEO, all of these kinds of things. And um, so I got a business degree, a, a business accounting degree and was, you know, and then I worked in marketing and was in the corporate world and really thought that maybe that's who I wanted to be and who I was. And then I got into it and I was sitting and commuting traffic all the time. And I was like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> this is not who I am. This is not me. Um, but I also want to say that I I know that many people are passionate about their work. And so it's not um denigrating any of that. It's just was not who I was, although I had thought that's who I was. And so there was this point too, that I kind of went through this change of identity as I'm coming out of college and sitting in traffic and also became a version of myself that I didn't particularly love. It was, I was pretty disconnected from who I, I really was inside and who I was raised as. And, um, you know, and, and my, the things that I valued in, in life wasn't, wasn't very much of who, who I actually was. And I felt that disconnect and it actually didn't take that long for that time of working in corporate before I completely changed my life. So we moved from Sandy, my husband and I uh, now husband, and I moved from San Diego, knowing that we wanted a different lifestyle. We wanted to live with property and land, or, you know, we don't have that much now, but like, we wanted a little bit more freedom. We wanted to live out of the city. I, I, we wanted the the freedom and, and the financial capacity because in San Diego, it's expensive. I know you you're in New York, so you understand that it's, it's hard to kind of achieve those dreams um, there in in a lot of different ways. I know people do, but for us, it was about coming home. And knowing that eventually when we were wanting to raise children, that we would want to be around family and, um, and, and coming home and, and being closer and more connected to the land and connected to our families and just the, the slowness that is here now we're outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, and so then when I came here, I still was kind of searching for that identity, um, and worked in corporate for a little while longer um, and then hit my Saturn return and quit all of it and became an artist. <laughs> and so I had a little art <clears throat> business down at the like kind of local market here in Portland um, and was then in a process of kind of finding myself through all of that. And through that process also, as I was connecting more into myself, um, also becoming more open to the kind of more spiritual aspects of life, um, connecting back into the land more. And that was when I started to become like, kind of start tiptoeing back into or dipping my toe back into Reiki um, in a more conscious capacity, you know. 
Um, and then also just being in Portland and being in this, this area, um, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's pretty normalized here. It's pretty prevalent here in this area. And so also just kind of exploring all of the different, different ways. Um, and so then I, you know, was in the Saturn return and deciding, okay, I really want freedom. I want to, to, um, be, uh, self-employed. I, um, you know, want all of that aspect, but then it was in 2014, I had a near death experience and it was after that, that all of this really started to show up in my life. And I know that that was, that was the reason for that experience is, was to completely change the course of my life and move into a part of who I was meant to be in, you know, in having a Reiki business and this Reiki practice and, you know, spiritual exploration. And so that was when I started to kind of work with Colleen. And then in 2016, after I had my daughter, that's when I went full-time into it um, and have been practicing it full-time business, working with Colleen and Reiki lifestyle ever since. Um, and I seriously, as Colleen said, you said, like, I, it's, I'm passionate about it every single day. Like, there's always more to learn and grow, but it's definitely a life's calling and like who I was meant to be and more of my authentic self every day um, because of this beautiful energy and practice and community, which is such a beautiful piece of it. Um, and so, yeah. And so now I've been full-time practicing uh, seven years and about nine years uh, in working with Reiki in general. So she's, you know, it's still like a long time in a community where a lot of people actually start and drop out, you know, and they, or they may be trained for a year or two. So nine years, because I think I've been 15 years, but honestly, when I think about the intensity was also the last eight to nine years. And it's incredible how your practice shifts every year. And, and hopefully in the next 20 years, it will keep shifting, right? There is something I love about what you said. There are two things. First, I think a business degree, if you're going to be a full-time Reiki practitioner, is brilliant yeah. uh, because it's a lot harder than people think. So if you want to go full-time having the skills, basic skills, you know, of having how to run a business, marketing, I think it's actually, it probably was meant to be. The other thing you said beautifully is uh, I wanted to come back home and a lot of us, I don't know, when we have this beautiful attunement initiation experience, it feels like we're back home. So for me, like the whole thing that you went back home, literally to Oregon, and you went back home to your spiritual self, just felt very, very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry you had to go for that near-death experience. So hopefully, you know, we're probably not sharing the details, but I'm glad you brought such beautiful fruits as well. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people who go through experiences like that, 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 show the, you know, that give you a certain perspective and they, you know, like I, although it was challenging, I don't regret it because it has made me who I was meant to be and, um, revealed who I was meant to be and brought me down this path. And, um, the deep level of compassion that comes from some of those types of experiences, not just for myself, but for others, um, is something that I, it's a lifetime. And of course, all of these things are a lifetime of learning and growing and, you know, learning about and growing with, but yeah, it's like, 
you know, maybe it asked me like a couple days after I might not say I don't regret it. But now, um, yeah, it's it's made me who I am. So but thank you for saying so. Yeah, no. And and I love because there are two things now coming together. You know, that perfect hand position, Reiki is just about the hands. But when we think about the precepts and the word compassion, right? That is really is such an important part of Reiki practice. We don't talk a lot. We talk a lot about healing energy, but the word compassion, uh, it's such an important key element of Reiki that I love that you brought actually as well to the forefront. I'm loving this conversation. So I wanted to um, talk a little bit because I was fascinated by the fact that you had shamanic training and you also, Robin, had shamanic training. And I wanted, because it's the first time I meet people who have shamanic training before Reiki. And I wanted just to get an idea of how did that impact your Reiki practice? Do you think it's probably what really motivated you to practice more continuously? Um, is there something you think that merged together or give you a different depth or a different perspective? Or basically, it's just a prep work? Oh, they're definitely combined and have always been combined. The shamanic training that I was in was actually speaking of strict. (laughs) It was was pretty, shamanic traditions are often very strict. And I was learning core shamanism, which means that I was being trained in a variety of, of indigenous practices from all over the world. So, for instance, Celtic shamanism, um, Tibetan shamanism, Nepali shamanism, Lakota shamanism. And so learning many of the different traditions and techniques and also learning how to connect into the spirit realms and work with the spirit realms for the healing work. So most of all, I would say that it was fascinating. So shamanic work, I had the soul retrieval. And again, I was always looking for something and didn't know how to find it. My hairstylist was the one who said, you should have a soul retrieval. And so I did just because I thought, well, sure, I'll go try that. That sounds cool. And then it was life changing, the energy of it, the healing empowerment of it. And so again, kind of had everybody I chased everyone around like you have to have a soul retrieval now and saw the results of it and how the healing happened and the changes that were made in people's life so (laughs) one of the funny stories in uh within all of us colleagues and students from way back when in light song is that we were about two years into the training And this is not minor training. This is like, it was intensive training and um, very, very much like, you know, what life was about. And, um, And Jan said something in the teachings and I raised my hands. I was like, we're learning how to do healing work. (laughs) I had no idea. And of course, everybody just looked at me like, how did you miss that? You'd be like going through your Reiki master and like being like, wait, <laughs> hey, are we learning how to do healing work? You know, so anyway, I really just did it because it was fun. And, you know, shamanism is 
drumming and rattling and fireworks and sweat lodges and talking to spirits and you know a lot of it's very active and I really just enjoyed what I was learning. What I know now that I didn't know then was that I was looking for a way to access my inner truth. As so many of us are aware that, you know, particularly I'm 65, born into my generation, I was definitely born into the age of the outside authority with someone telling me what I believed with an intermediary that would connect me with God and certain beliefs were required. And I didn't know then that what I was looking for is something that would take me to my inner truth, my truth, my connection, my beliefs, what it all meant to me. And that was the first time I was really introduced to something that did that. And a lot of it was learning how to journey and through drumming and rattling your journeying, entering into other states of consciousness in order to connect to the spirit realms, doing ceremonies, doing rituals, the things like the sweat lodges, those things, I say they're fun and I kind of make light of them, but they're a very serious ceremony. And the practices that we were learning were very, um, very serious. Each person had been well-trained. It wasn't a little bit kind of sort of. So it took me into this whole practice, what I know now that I didn't know then when I received Reiki and why I know now I was guided to Reiki was I believe that Reiki is here to teach us how to access our inner truth as we were talking about earlier. And it is really moving us away from things having to be hard in order to have the connection, an intermediary to have the connection, um, having to earn it or deserve it, that we just simply receive it because it's already within us. It's already everywhere. And it's really teaching us about, you know, life force energy is body. It's in the body. Our spirit is here. We are meant to be here on the earth, be human beings, have life force, have consciousness. So Jan, actually, when I received Reiki, actually asked me to focus on it also and to bring Reiki practices in a good way into the shamanic training. So that people, because she really knows and believes and experiences herself, that Reiki energy really enhances your connection. It's given to you. That connection is automatic through the attunement, which really empowers people in their shamanic journeys. And so that's what I also was doing was really focusing on Reiki as a shamanic practice. And not all schools of shamanism teach Reiki as a shamanic practice. In fact, many of them are going to ask you not to practice Reiki because they want you to work within the spiritual structure that they're in. And that's appropriate. It's I, I don't mean it like it, they shouldn't 
require that, but just understanding the different modalities. So for instance, in the native traditions, it's it's a very different tradition. However, in the Lakota ceremonies that I've been in with, you know, the Lakota teachers have actually invited Reiki into the ceremony. And so for me, it's always been a merged practice. When I received Holy Fire Reiki in 2014, the energy of Reiki came in and said, I have a new new way for you to learn. And I had a lot of resistance to it because I had been practicing such as, you know, my training with soul retrieval and my healing work and my classes and everything. I'd been practicing a particular way. And then Reiki came in and whether it's Holy Fire or another another style of lineage it is fine but for me that was this turning point where it said there's there's another way to do what you're doing and I began to use Reiki very exclusively and learning the Reiki journey techniques differently than I had been doing them in shamanism and they're just different techniques you know it's not like again it's not comparison or a a better than it was saying there's there are other techniques to use and connect with the Reiki energy. So Reiki started to show me how to really work with it and how it does the work as the energy, because all of these other things are techniques that we use to connect to the energy, receive the energy, deliver the energy. The energy itself is what is doing the work. The technique is the access. So it was showing me that there were other ways, other techniques to work with the energy and to let it teach me how it does the work. Similarly, because I would be in the session prepared to do soul retrieval, and I would say, now show me how you do this work to the Reiki energy. And to the spirit guides, because I've always worked with spirit guides in my work and that connection. And also the connection of the spirit guides that were coming in for this work and for this energy. So where I am today with it, as I say, I had a lot of resistance at the beginning of this process, like, oh, but I really like the way I'm doing things now. Through it, it has really developed into understanding the simplicity of Reiki, how Reiki is teaching us to just simply receive it. And you were talking about compassion. So what it has shown me is that compassion, the power of love and the power of compassion is the actual authority of the energy that the compassion and the power of love shows us that we have the right, the divine right to be sovereign and to not have these burdens of injuries that carry us and hide us from our own authentic self. And that the Reiki energy will carry those injuries from us for us 
and heal them for us. We don't have to do the work. So again, it's that shift in the, the paradigm shift of it does not have to be hard work and that compassion is doing the work and it's gentle because what we release is released with compassion and it is also healed. So there's not the, the same battle in that release. There's not the same kind of like having to fight for it or earn it or deserve it again. That grace just comes in and does the work and most importantly, heals what we let go of. Yeah. The next phase of it is that the Reiki energy showed me that it was shifting the paradigm of our focus with the energy that the energy is actually Reiki is showing us, revealing to us who we truly are. And that that's the most powerful healing that happens when we are revealed to our own self, when we can access and hear our inner truth, that's what heals the injury at the greatest level. And that's what the energy is doing. And it's shifting that question into from, you know, for instance, past life healing, you know, what are the past lives I need to heal, which is important, but also what are the amazing past lives that we have had that can be revealed past lives or ancestral histories, for instance, revealed of the talents that are there, the mastery that is there, the, the gifts that, that we all have innately. So I would say that the shamanic training gave me the skill to really learn from Reiki at the depth that I have. And in the mix of it all, that's when, you know, Robin started working with it very full time and really understanding, we started teaching what we call our next step Reiki classes, which is about how to use Reiki to Reiki journeys, Reiki energy, and Reiki techniques to observe how Reiki is healing, access those higher levels of consciousness. And they are very definitely influenced by the shamanic training. So let me let me add one more thing to that. The other thing that I noticed is that I thought a lot of what I had learned from shamanism was because of shamanism. Later, what I learned is that Reiki actually does this too. So a lot of the things with that connection with spirit, I started to see that people were having insights, psychic downloads, impressions of what was happening in a Reiki session in the very first day of Reiki one and beginning Reiki. People had never had, you know, the ability to perceive something happening with a, another person and giving them Reiki and that happening quickly. And there was no training for it. Nobody knew what to do with that. How do you get better at, at recognizing how Reiki is healing and, you know, recognizing those innate abilities that we have of, you know, greater levels of perception. 
and consciousness. So I saw that happening right away. And when Robin and I started teaching together like that, it was very clear for both of us that we needed to develop these kinds of practices. And although they had a root in shamanism because of the understanding of it, I believe it also, again, go back to Yusui Sensei and how he practiced. He was both Buddhist, but also Shinto. Shinto, that same thing, connecting with Reiki. He received, I am the universe. He, he was merged with the universe. So to me, it's also Reiki, even though my training with shamanism brought it out. It is also Reiki energy. And many people are having these same kinds of experiences, abilities, and working with Reiki energy. So, you know, it's it's also both. It makes a lot of sense. It gives you the skills to develop the depth of Reiki that we don't get in the regular trainings at the beginning. And we're getting more and more because more practitioners are like, hey, there is a lot more to this. And, and we're talking about this two years ago when we spoke for the first time, right? How do we give students a whole system for them to continue their education versus giving them a training and saying goodbye. And I know both you and Robin has been very active on that front. I don't know, Robin, if you want to add a little bit to that about giving a continuous structure for people to keep their training, have mentoring and support, right? Because we finished Reiki One and then we're like, amazing experience and know what, right? What are the next steps? Well, that's exactly it. And I think you're right. That's like you're seeing this kind of burgeoning in the entire community where, where you're helping to support people because sometimes you come out of a Reiki class and it's such a profound life-changing event. You've had this profound spiritual experience. And, you know, I know not everybody comes, to, some people come to it a little bit slower, but I, I for so many of us, it it's just like, again, that concept of home, like awakening this peace within us and that we're even called to in the first place. Um, and what part of the reason that we take the Reiki class is because we are interested in hearing, we're hearing that calling. And so, um, yeah, having this, this extra support and this community, because that's the other thing too. So many of us, you know, there's, there's some of us that are lucky, you know, to be able to me, like I was able to take a Reiki class and have a community that I could feel safe in and have have it there where not just my parents, but my friends were also exposed to this my whole life. My, you know, their, their colleagues and friends and stuff. So, but so many of us go into this and we don't have a community and being able to have a safe place to explore the spiritual pieces of it, this process that we're going through as um, beautiful spiritual beings awakening to that some of us may have gone in there already having these gifts and, you know, needing to understand them better as well. Like having, maybe you're able to see through the veils, maybe, you, you know, you, you are an incredible empath and feel everything that everyone's feeling and you need the support as you're kind of going through that. I mean, cause this Reiki, the Reiki experience is, can be such an awakening. And so it is like, what do I do now? I have all of this. How do I, what do I do with it? How do I explore it more? Cause that's the other thing, like mind's blown 
can I do this more? <laughs> so there's all of these different reasons why we were called. And I should say, it's not only we were called, but the Reiki guided us. The Reiki is the, actually the one that formed this process that we are, that we found ourselves in with these classes. And it's not to say we don't have the human elements that we need to also add to it, structure and things like that. But it was really the Reiki that developed this um, with us because it showed us what was next. It showed us what was needed. It developed it within us to be the facilitators of it. Um, you know, so there's all of these different pieces that we just kind of kept going with it. And, and now, you know, looking back at, you're able to kind of, we knew in the moment, but you can see in retrospect, like why it developed in the way it did and why you're seeing so many other people develop these, um, <clears throat> these, like you said, mentorship is really so many people have mentorship that they're doing afterwards um, different extracurricular classes, because I do think that there's, there is so much, I mean, it's, it's infinite, right. About what there is to learn. It's infinite, even as us as teachers, like it's infinite. And that at first can be the kind of overwhelming part, but then as you kind of continue through it, you're like, oh, that's the exciting part that this exploration never ends. <laughs> there's deeper and deeper levels to me. There's deeper and deeper levels to the universe. There's deeper and deeper levels of growth and learning and expansion. Um, and, and so, yeah, I forget exactly what the question was. <laughs> you answered it beautifully. No, it's, it's funny because I also love we're going back a little bit to the beginning. There is no one can own the truth because as you said, this is a never ending uh, evolving practice, right? And probably the day when we know absolute truth is when we're enlightened and we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about this conversation, you know, that inner truth, that real essence of who we are, which at the end is love and compassion, right? I, I love this conversation has been just, I'm like very excited. I'm sorry, it's very beautiful. Uh, and I think that is when you take a training for six hours, you think you know, because you want to know because that makes you feel safe, right? You want to know your techniques, you're doing it right because it makes you feel safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there is a moment where you need to let go, let go and soften. And I love what you said, Colleen, as well about, you know, the gentleness of Reiki, right? That energy allows us to soften. And, you know, because at the beginning, we're like, oh, always like, I need to do everything right. I need to do my life right. I need to go corporate. I need to do this. And with a practice, we soften and we let go of anger, of worry, of who we are not, you know, of everything. And I find that very beautiful. Like that at the end is the healing, is that softening and letting go until we're only left with a bright light, hopefully one day, right? That, right, right. That we already are, as you both mentioned already. So it, it's, and that's why like I always encourage people, like you need to practice every day, at least three, four times a week. It's not something that if you do once a month, like, yes, it will help you, will transform, but as a practitioner, it gets so exciting when you go out of that overwhelming phase we all go through, right? And very, like, you're confused, and what is this, and I don't know, but then there's a moment things shift, and it can be a week, a year, 10 years, and then just the excitement of the never-ending depth is just beautiful. Sorry, I got a little poetic and excited. No, <laughs> it's, it's exactly it. I, and I agree that well, and it's also to Colleen, 
said is like the structure super helpful when you're first learning. Um, and I mean, well, even still, you know, I still am in sessions and stuff. I still you use the hand position. Yeah, exactly. I move them. You know? Yeah, I actually yeah. do them more now than before. It's like, yeah, they make sense. I'm like, oh, I'll just, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, it's, it's that, you know, that spiral that you continue to climb climb in or climb up, I guess, or climb around. I don't know if it's going, you know, whatever the, wherever the direction is going that you just continue to, um, you, you fall deeper and deeper into that, um, that trust. And the other thing is, is that you're going through life, right? We're human beings and we have life happen to us. We have hard things happen to us. We have beautiful things happen to us. And, the Reiki really can help support that so much. And that's another piece of why I kind of love the ongoing pieces that, you know, we're doing, but also that so many people are doing um, because it helps support through those times. And when it's really hard, the Reiki energy, like, thank God we have the Reiki for those times and the support and the community and these tools and techniques, because it's hard to go through. And so it's like, if it can just soften it a little bit and we can fall back on those, but then also really um, in that beautiful, in those beautiful experiences too, I feel like it intensifies those in a really amazing way because you do feel so connected to the universe and to humanity and plants and animals. And I do think that the Reiki energy, um, it just, it brings us into that oneness. We are the universe. The universe is us and you're the universe and Colleen's the universe and the plants are universe and your dog is the, you know, I mean, it's all the universe and we're all such, you know, there's that oneness that Reiki helps to also, um, open up within us and going into that trust that, you know, everything. I love the idea that you said that the softness, the gentleness, that the trust and that kind of with it all, you know. And, and I love how you both also are highlighting connection um, because I think something, especially in a city with New, like New York, right? Like I can see everybody in their own little apartment. So then they start buying, you start binging on food, on Netflix. And at the end, that is just almost a replacement for having true connections because we are so in our little pockets, right? So bringing back that connection that modern society has kind of taken away from us before we used to live like 35 in a house, right? And now it's just me and my dog when he visits, right? So I think that connection also is beautiful. And also I love the way you said is your dog, is your neighbor, it's not the stars, it's not the nebulas. We're not connecting to a universe far away, right? It's it's here and now. And as you said, Colleen, and it's your body as well, right? Connecting. Yeah. Because sometimes we connect and we forget that all of it is is very much here. So I'm I and I love the spiral idea, Robin. So now I'm gonna put on you and then on Colleen to give people listening to this podcast one tip. The first that comes to mind, it doesn't have to be like the biggest, just what comes to mind, one tip to help them go down the spiral and deepen their practice. You know, I think one of the things that really helped me as what you have brought up is, you know, the Reiki your way and more than one truth. What really helped me was when I realized how simple Reiki could be. And I call it Reiki on the fly, that Reiki will respond. You know, if I just think it, say it, 
say it in the morning, like, hey, be here all day in the moment. Oh, I forgot to invite Reiki. Okay, Reiki on another Mrs. Takata teaching of Reiki on, you know, just activate it and making it simple. And for me, Reiki is very practical and it applies these higher consciousness levels in a practical way. And for myself, because of the things we're speaking of, of just living real life while we're doing Reiki, it's not doing Reiki, then living real life or the other way around. And so when I learned, when Reiki showed me, and because of necessity of my life, that I could activate it by thinking it, I could think it in one minute, I could think it for 10 minutes, I could, you know, spend an hour if I didn't have an hour, I could think it while I was driving, or, you know, I was caregiving my mom for seven years, and a lot of crisis, I could, you know, think it while I was following the ambulance, that it could be on the fly, that it did not have to be always like do it exactly this way. And this is the only way you can do it. So I think that's one of the big messages that I like to share with people is a lot of times the thought of, oh, I have one more thing to do. I have to sit and meditate and be quiet and do this. When you have all these things to do, it it can be simple. It can be one minute. It can be 10 minutes. It can be an hour. And Reiki works with us regardless of how much time we spend with it. And of course, we know we love the Reiki practices where we get to spend a lot of time with it when we get to spend those hours in the deep contemplation of it and the creation that we have when we are in that. But also Reiki energy works in the in the minute, in the moments as well. And so um, that that would be another piece that I would share. And then one quick thing that I haven't mentioned um, through all of this, through everything, Reiki is the one that showed us how to do animal Reiki. And, you know, the and we wrote the animal Reiki courses through all of these practices and techniques and on the fly and in deep meditation and Reiki journeys and over the course of time, revealing a little bit more. So again, just let Reiki teach you how to be simple. The animal Reiki energy talks about how it's teaching us to, um, that it's simple, practical, and efficient. And that that Reiki can really help you simplify the things that are practical in your life add efficiency that's easy. And, you know, um, for me, that was really important being, being ADD and I can wander all over anywhere in any given moment. Right. It's like, okay, give me that simple, practical, efficient. Thank you. you So you got me a simple practical uh, already. Like, yes, I have ADD too. So, but yeah, that breath and remembering we are Reiki, right? Like that, that simplicity versus, and as you said, some days are crazy, compassion, breathe. I mean, not here and there, and that already is important. Robin, you're not escaping. Now I want to hear your tip. <laughs> um, well, I would just say, you know, when you're encountering these places on the spiral, uh, be gentle with yourself, first of all, lean into it. 
and keep going because sometimes you can see it from the outside that you're like, oh, here's this one cropping up again. And I'm going to have to go through, um, you know, I'm going to be using my Reiki skills to help let go of what I need to let go of, heal any resistance, heal trauma, heal pain, heal all of those things. Um, and I, But I'm also going to use Reiki to empower myself through this. And I'm coming out of the other side, a stronger person, a more compassionate person, um, a more loving person, a kinder person. And I'm also being filled up with more of that um, beautiful spirit. And I know when you're in those places of like a, a dark night of the soul, it, it, it feels like, you know, you're never going to be able to kind of swim out of it. Um, but eventually you do. And I know that leaning into it and learning from it um, can move you through it maybe even a little faster. Um, and I don't want to say that as a blanket statement because everybody's journey is different through that. Um, but just in my own experience, the Reiki helped me to not fight against it. It helped me to learn through it. Um, and there's no time frame around that, right? That can be a certain amount of time. It can be a long period of time. But if we're, if we're trying to move through, if we try to move through it as consciously as possible, we're still humans. We still have the days where we're not in that space. Um, then I think that you, you come out the other side, um, just a deeper knowing of yourself, a deeper knowing of the spiritual truths, whatever those are for you. And then when you're in that spiral of the great expansive, beautiful things, um, you can learn a great deal, lean into those too. receive that the Reiki helps you to receive that lean into those too, and receive that big, beautiful, expansive, um, joys or these big, beautiful experiences that we, we can have as, as humans. Um, and I think you on either side, Reiki or your spiritual practices, or, you know, whatever that looks like for you, um, helps you in, in all parts of that. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. And and I love like how you put it, you know, be gentle, we're human and bring compassion. I, I think, you know, both of your of tips are very valuable and, you know, so much needed in our practice and community. So thank you for sharing that. So I usually end with an oops, but I'm almost tempted to skip it because it's been so beautiful. But I'm thinking, okay, working mother and daughter, uh, how is that? Is there like an oops there or something, a funny story that we can end with that? And Robin is smiling for those of you who are listening to the... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, most people are smiling. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's interesting because we actually work really well together. Um, I love we, that. Yeah, we rarely have conflict. I And conflict would be uh, very um, exaggerated what we... <laughs> you know, what we actually have, I would say sometimes we just have different um, viewpoints. Uh, I was kind of smiling because we have a lot of strengths in different areas that maybe the other person needs a more um, opening around. So like Colleen, you know, obviously she's a mentor for me as well. Um, and I learn a, a great deal from her all the time, but she also is a, a pretty right-brained person. 
Um, and there's a lot of ideas and there's a lot of that. I don't mean to say she's not practical, but she, she can, she goes into a lot of the ideas. I lean right towards person. Yeah. I lean and, towards Colleen. I'm a right brain person too. So I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, yeah, we're like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Circular. <laughs> and then I'm very left brain and I can be pretty focused. And so, you know, there's the, the strengths and weaknesses of each. Um, and so I'm laughing because, you know, they can, she can get going on tangents and I can be like, all right, Colleen, come on, <laughs> get, back back. get back to it. And then at the same time, in the opposite way, like sometimes I need to like, okay, Robin, lose a little bit of control here. Like it's going to be okay. Awesome. <laughs> come into, yeah, <laughs> settle down and come into the, the, you know, that circular, that kind of more flowing aspect. And so I think we each teach each other um, and we, we are very complementary to each other in, in that way. Um, and we, we actually really, we have a lot of fun. We love working together. It's, it's really amazing. And Colleen, I'm sure that you have more to say about that, but that's lovely. I would, I would just add that for me, of course, as the mom, like what a blessing and we do work really well together and we do complement each other in, in the different skill sets that we have. And then there's also that place that's so similar and the same. And, um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm very inspired by it. Her daughter is also very interested. My other grandkids um, are, when I say interested, very engaged in Reiki. So it is, it is something that I also see in the kids and the descendants. When I originally um, started working with Reiki and became aware that it would be a business, I asked for I I asked to meet the spirit of my Reiki business and what why was I doing this? And the answer I always thought it would be animals because of my horse. The answer that was given to me was that I was to work with Reiki to help it become so mainstream that kids would grow up with it as a method of healing they received, but also that they would grow up with it with the idea that they could be a Reiki practitioner and that it could financially support them and their family, that that would be a choice of career they could make. And so that was surprising to me way back when, because that would have been 2003, 2004. And it was surprising that that was the answer, but now watching the evolution of it and the fulfillment of that, and then circling back around to the animal Reiki coming through. And now all of the people interested because of that and the mainstream part of it that's happening. And then in my own family. So it's, it's a pretty um, it's, I, I really recognize the level of blessing that it is. Me too. It's like, Pretty grateful that I get yeah. to learn <laughs> from Colleen. Every life, day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like definitely it's not lost upon me how much I how blessed I am to be, you know, under the the guise of her and and um and you know, I will say one of the things that she taught me very early on were listening skills. And I think that that has really helped our 
relationship in general. We, we've always had a good relationship, but our work relationship um, was very wise of her to teach this. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, I think also really, really helped. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just really lucky and yeah, definitely really lucky to, to be taught by her. I'm so grateful to have you both. So Ricky also means ancestral energy. And I feel like I'm like living it with you both. And it's just so beautiful to see your relationship and everything you share and, you know, with open hearted and vulnerability. So I really, really appreciate it. I just want to say thank you for such a beautiful, beautiful interview and all the amazing things you shared. I really, you know, I love how we can be from different lineages. And when we let go of that, barrier mental barrier we realize we have the same beautiful things to share and sorry that was my dog (laughs) (laughs) so i just thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today oh natalie thank you so much it's really an honor yeah we always love talking to you natalie it's always such a pleasure (laughs) thank you thank you for listening to the dive into reiki podcast you can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.